Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. We're still a little bit, a little bit early, so I don't know. Is, well, let's is, see. Is everybody is, here? Is seven here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Buffalo News here? Yeah, right Buffalo here. Buffalo News, two of four. What is it? Four. GRZ. I think everybody's Spectrum here. Spectrum and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> BEN. Yeah. Right. We have all of them, but I think they're in Rochester versus Louis Slaughter. Okay. Well, set? Good morning, everybody. Thanks for coming once again. Uh, as I have mentioned before, on February 27th, when Michael Whalen went public, uh, we didn't realize the type of tsunami that would have occurred relative to allegations of clergy sexual abuse in the Diocese of Buffalo uh, and beyond. Um, before I introduce our uh, principal person today, uh, I want to mention two things. Bishop Malone was quoted the other day as saying that the reason why he hadn't revealed so much of the information about clergy sexual abuse in the Diocese of Buffalo was because he was meticulously analyzing all of the records in the Diocese of Buffalo relative to clergy sexual abuse. And then we find out that of the 42 names that he revealed, one of the names was incorrect. And one of the priests uh, who was supposed to be alive is deceased. So I once again call on Bishop Malone. Are you really claiming that meticulousness is the reason why you're not releasing names and files? I claim it's because you want to maintain the secrecy and the cover-up. Uh, the person with us today is going to continue the process of uncovering, of releasing, uh, Wayne Bortle, W-A-Y-N-E-B-O-R-T-L-E, -E, is joined today by a courageous family. As you know, clergy sexual abuse is abuse of a family and many families. There is not a person in the family who is not affected by the sexual abuse of a child in that family. And fortunately, Wayne has three people here today, members of his family, to support him, to encourage him, to affirm him, to tell him that they're going to walk this walk with him to recovery. And part of his journey is to speak today, to speak publicly, because when his abuser abused him, he sort of lost his voice for a while. His voice was muted, but no longer.
So it's my honor to stand with another courageous clergy sexual abuse victim. On his left is his courageous wife, Stacy. And if anybody knows what spouses go through, the spouses of clergy sexual abuse victims, uh, you cannot believe how strong a woman Stacy is. And each and every day, affirming and encouraging and boosting her husband is not an easy task. Wayne's sister is to my right, Amy Jo. She may be able to add some parts to the story of Wayne if she'd like to a little bit later. But what a, what a, a signal it is to Wayne today to be supported here by his sister because she was there when it happened, or at least around the time that happened. And then from another completely different generation to my far right, Wayne's niece, Taylor, and she's come to support her uncle. So ladies and gentlemen, Wayne is surrounded today by support, support that he has cherished and looked for for many years especially by the people across the street. And so now I turn it over to the courageous. It's my honor to introduce Wayne Bortle. So as Bob said, my name is Wayne Bortle. I, uh, it's okay. I grew up in Pavilion, New York. I've hid uh, behind this story for almost 40 years. Uh, I was abused at the rectory by Father Robert Conlon, who uh, groomed me, if you will, um, for that day. Um, the way it happened to me is I was, uh, the, I guess, the stereotypical uh, kid from the broken family. I had a single mother uh, that did her best to raise us. Uh, when Father Conlon came to Pavilion, he put in a basketball court that all the kids would go over there and play, which I did. Uh, after that, we started to get to know him a little bit better. He, uh, inside the rectory, he would have foosball downstairs. He would have ping pong table. He would have a pool table, and that's where all the kids would go to hang out me being one of them. I was probably there more than most. I lived um, probably a half a mile at most uh, from the rectory. Um, you know, we had a, we had a relationship, um, you know, that was, that was close, close as far as a friend or, or father figure, if you will. I grew up a Baptist um, and then started to attend the, uh, the church at, at, at St. Mary's in Pavilion. Um, he would bring me to, you know, baseball games. He would take me to lunch. And, you know, over the course of, you know, probably a year and a half, um, you know, we, we, we became very close. Uh, and then one... <coughs> and then... And then one night, uh, he asked me to come over and watch TV. So that's, that's what I did. Uh, when I went there, there were no other kids there. It was just him and I, and it was upstairs 
Um, and we had a, upstairs was where his uh, sitting room was, TV room and his bedroom was off to the side of that. Uh, and that's where the, the abuse happened to me. Um, after a period of time, I, I got up uh, and, you know, like a lot of the other people say, it's, it's like something that goes off in your head when it's, when it's happening and, and, and you can't hear things and, and, and it's like you're not even there when it's happening. So I just said that I needed to leave. So when I left, I went downstairs and um, that place was always unlocked. The kids were always there. And for whatever reason that night, there was no one there. There was just me and I went downstairs and I couldn't get out the door. The door was locked. Uh, so at that point, I uh, I ran home, and uh, that's that's what happened. I've uh, no one's known this story. My mother, uh, obviously, my sister, uh, my wife, my kids recently. Uh, so I wanted to come out today and you know hopefully support you know some of the initiatives that are going on now I think that it's gone on too long you know it happened to me 40 years ago and if you look at the path and the pace that this thing has gone on you know I'm going to be dead by the time that you know anything even happens further so you know uh, I heard Michael Whalen come out um, I was anonymous on that interview you could hear my voice on that interview when he came out um, I did not want to come out, uh, but the way that some of the other folks came out uh, in encouraged me to do so. Um, I'm trying to uh, give my kids the right example. Uh, they need to stand up for what's wrong and uh, do something right and do the right thing about it. So that's that's why I'm here today. Bishop Malone issued uh, <clears throat> an apology in a video just a short time ago. Do you accept that apology as one of the victims? I don't know how his apology would would impact would impact me. I mean, it, it, I think the sentiment is nice, but you know, there's there's more obviously that needs to be done. If you're talking to to a victim from 40 years ago, um, what what do you want? What would help? I really don't know. I want you know whatever whatever is is right. I I think what I want is speed. You know, people, you know, more people to come out, whether that be anonymously uh, uh, to, to, you know, get this burden uh, off. So, you know, what I want from the church is, is just, you know, to move it along, speed, speed your process up, do what's right, help the people that, are, that were abused. How has this affected your life since then? It's... It's the same thing that you've heard from every from everyone else. You know, the gift bag that, that you get from from this abuse is you, you get depression, you get anxiety, you get all of the other things uh, that go along with that. It uh, you you pass it along to your kids. Do you follow your faith anymore? No, I do not. I do not. You see, I I, uh, I wear a, uh, a Saint Jude uh, medal. Uh, I, I have, you know, internally, I guess, my own faith, but I don't, uh, I don't go to church any longer. As I said, maybe before you came, I, I grew, actually grew up a Baptist and then started uh, attending the, uh, the church there in Pavilion um, after I, became to, or I came to know Father Connell. Are you part of the compensation plan? Have you raised no. these with the diocese before? No, no. 
Well, he currently is being represented by attorney Mitchell Garabini of Boston, so uh, we don't know exactly what where that will, you know, where that will take the case. But uh, by the way, also, we're calling on Bishop Malone today. Uh, there is a hall out in Pavilion in the parish of St. Mary's, named after Father Robert Conlon. We'd like that name removed immediately, as well as the large photo of this priest who is who adorns that building. Um, the last thing that people in Pavilion need is to see the uh, face and the name of a pedophile priest in, in, among them. And so we call on Bishop Malone to do that immediately. I guess I still am. I mean, you can see how I'm handling myself today. You know, I'm not a crier. Uh, uh, the last time I cried was about uh, a week ago in front of my kids that probably have never seen their father cry. Uh, I asked them for, uh, I'm sorry, for their permission to come out and, and talk about it if they were be okay with it. <clears throat> and uh, and they were, so. How, how can we, what words can we use to describe what was done to you? What are you comfortable? I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if I fully understand your question. So, can you, w without pressing you into places that are hurtful, that hurt you, um, can you describe what was done to you? Yeah, I, I can. I can tell you that um, that that night when I came home and, and I and I told my mother and I'm crying in my bed. Uh, She asked me what was wrong, what happened, and I said, uh, Father Conlon was touching me. And she said, what do you mean? I said, Mom, he was touching me everywhere, and he wouldn't stop. So I hope that answers your question. May I ask you, in, uh, I think it was 1993, because I and some of us, too, covered it as well when the first round of this came out in the diocese. Um, where were you at that point in your life when you heard about it then? And then I know it resurfaced in the early 2000s again. In, in uh, 93, I was in uh, Massachusetts. So right after it happened to me, um, God, it must have been, it wasn't long after it happened to me, uh, we moved to Massachusetts. So that's where I was living at the time. Um, so you weren't part of what was happening here? No, no. New Hampshire, yeah. Do you feel like the bishops making it seem difficult to release anything just to kill time? Uh, I I I think that I think that the process, like like I was saying earlier, I think the process has taken way too long. Um, you know, there's got to be. I, I'm sure that there's tons of of files that that you know have relevance that should just be, you know, be put out there. You know. Put it before uh, I don't know someone that that has no bias that can that can help mediate that um, rather than keep it internally. I, I don't I don't know I don't have the answers, but the, you know, no to answer your question, no, it's not it's not soon enough. It's not quick enough. Like I said, it's been 40 years for me, and um, you know it's it's an issue. There's still a, a lot of folks like me that um, that haven't addressed it. Are there any questions of the uh, family members? Who would, like to speak? Who would anyone like to speak? Amy? 
Come on, come on ahead. Right, right yeah, you are right here. Oh, right here? Yeah. Amy Joe Griffith. A-M-Y-J-O-G-R-I-F-F, -F, like Frank, I-T-H. What concerns do you have? The, the, on, the only thing I ever want to say, and I asked about it this morning, I don't understand... gives these men the right to be above the law. I live in Clarence Center. If I want to Google a registered sex offender in my town to keep it away from my family, I can do that. It's public record. I can see it. I know where they live. I don't understand how we are subjecting our kids this generation generation. I want to know who gives them the right to be above the law. I want to know why we can't protect our kids better. I'm a little more vocal and opinionated than my brother. I don't accept that apology. I think that he knows exactly where these men are, where they have been. The transfers from one small community to another small community, Father Robert Conlon went from Albion, New York to Pavilion, New York with a very small farming community. People in Pavilion, New York need to know that that man didn't walk on water the entire time he was there. And that's my big thing right now. We have friends and family there, a lot of friends and family there. I guess for me, like we, we say a lot, the, the people in Pavilion, New York, the people in East Bethany, the people in Batavia, everyone that was a part of that community, Southern Baptist kids that went to that rectory, foosball, basketball, everything, people in that community need to know the man that was living there. They need to get his face off of that hall. They need to know that there are people like Wayne who are telling the truth and we just need to fix it in every community for all these kids that aren't kids anymore and even kids right now that y you don't even know about yet I'd also like to know why Robert Conlon was not on the list of, uh, of abusers uh, Wayne, Wayne reported this man right? my mother right. Uh, years later yeah. years ago Years ago, Robert Conlon's name was reported to this diocese. His name did not appear. Now, we also know that he's not revealing the names of uh, deceased priests who had only one allegation. Well, that's another ridiculous move and another ridiculous policy. Is Wayne's the, the only allegation we have there from, from uh, Pavilion? Well, guess what? After today, I'm sure there's going to be more. And uh, Bishop Malone, it's time to open up the files completely. When they released the list last week, they said... Uh this is the direct quote. The priests that were removed from the ministry were retired or left the ministry after allegations. Does it therefore make sense that your your uh, alleged uh, abuser isn't on the list? I don't know if it if it makes sense. It doesn't seem logical that they would keep it off. Exactly. Go ahead. No, I think I pretty much said everything I needed to. Good. Yeah. 
Stacy, did you? Okay. Uh, Taylor, you want to say something? I'm here to support. Good. Anything else? I apologize to Jim Faluzak for not introducing him from the beginning, but you know Jim was here obviously during the last few days, and he's a an eerie uh, eerie trained priest. Uh, excuse me, a an eerie priest who was trained in Buffalo, and uh, is also a survivor of clergy sexual abuse. Anything else? Robert Hotson, H-O-A-T-S-O-N, president of Road to Recovery, Incorporated. We're a 501c3 nonprofit charity based in New Jersey, and we assist victims of sexual abuse and their families. Thank you very much. Thank you. No problem. You know what? You want Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.